ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am none other than the man of the hour, the man of every hour on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mr. Warren Hayes himself, and I am welcoming you right now in a very passive yet very active fashion to the January 16, 2020 edition of the program and I am very very happy that you have decided to come uh, and and allow me to enter your lives and be a part of your Thursday evening that that is very very kind of you thank you so very much and I'm thanking you but first and foremost those of you who are here live yes live because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is recorded live every Thursday night as I said 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time during the summer but right now we're in standard yeah i don't want to get too technical but you know how some people are sometimes it's just like the nitpick is there's a guy like that at the office and he's just no <laughs> so sometimes you just want to you just want to clarify things so that people just uh, don't don't be jerks um what am i talking about people who are here live uh, at this live recording of the Mr. Warren Hayes show, such as Patrick Mason was here. How you doing, Patrick? Blaine, the most handsome mod, is here as well. Robert Larry is here. Carlos as well. How you doing? Bernoir is here as well. Hawkeye has joined us in the chat. <clears throat> Excuse me, is my voice already giving out? It's going to be a hard, hard, difficult evening. Aaron Jay's fan is here. Uh, and, 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 and there's going to be more and more people who are going to join in. Of course, this is a wonderful, wonderful packed house. And I appreciate everyone being here. If you're watching this live right now, do consider giving the video a thumbs up because video videos on YouTube like to be thumbed up. But uh, if you are, even if you're watching on your own accord, give it a thumbs up. That would be very much appreciated. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, wherever it may be, because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is available on all podcast platforms. Then give us a review, a five-star review, a thumbs up, a like, whatever it takes to just show a little love. And that stuff goes a long, long way as well. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, so there you go. Uh, and uh, those are great ways to show support. And if you want to show a little more support, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can drop a super chat right here as we're talking, as we're going along. If you're here live, such as Aaron's J, Aaron J's fan, Left us a super chat and said, this is a fun podcast, you guys, which is my Twitter catchphrase. It's my rating system when I like matches. Thank you, Aaron, for the for the super chat. And if you do leave a super chat, I will read your question. I will read your comment as long as it's not offensive or defamatory or stupid. I'll read it out loud. And another way that you can support what I do as well is head on over to patreon.com, patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And that's another way for you to support the show. There's two tiers. I just have two basic tiers. If you like what I do here at the Mr. Warren Hayes show on a regular basis and you just want to, you just want to say thank you for, 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 for doing what you're doing, Warren, you can, you can support uh, the Mr. Warren Hayes show at just $2 a month. Just toss me two bucks for everything I do. The, these shows here, the uh, pay-per-view post, uh, the, the post shows and the, uh, the preview shows, everything I do that uh, you, you can show some support there on a monthly basis. Or if you want to be a power pal of the show at the $5 tier, you get access to a whole bunch of extra content, including, but notwithstanding a patron only live stream that happens immediately after the mainstream here. It's called Warren is off the clock. And tonight I'm going to be talking about Cain Velasquez on the show. 
the post stream, the post show. Going to be talking about Cain Velasquez and uh, the upcoming NWA uh, pay-per-view called Hard Times, which I think is real, real interesting. There's a, there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. So if you want to come join me afterwards, come on in. And it's it's a very, very friendly, cozy atmosphere with the patrons who join. It's a good time. So think about that. Otherwise, of course, you can find me on uh, Fightful every Wednesday uh, Wednesday night for the Wednesday Night War podcast, every Friday for the uh, post-Smackdown podcast. Uh, right now, of course, Fightful still hasn't its YouTube channel back, so we're still at youtube.com slash SRS Wrestling, which is Sean's, uh, Sean's uh, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, of course, is who I'm talking about, his own YouTube channel, so you, we can, you can check us out there. And of course... Of course, you head on over to belltobells.com for the primo numero uno women's wrestling coverage that you can get out there. Belltobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S. That is fantastic stuff. And then then don't don't worry, everyone in the chat. I want to say hello to Jay and I who joined the chat. Don't worry. Don't feel bad because you don't have money to throw at me. The fact that you're here, that you listen, that you share out this link, that you give the video a thumbs up, that is a fantastic way of supporting all of this works. All of this works tremendously. There are, there are no, there are no, there's no preferential treatment. What am I talking about? There's no preferential treatment. Really? I'm just happy you're all here. We're going to have a good time tonight. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. There's really a lot of stuff I want to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm going to try and run a tight ship, still part of my New Year's resolutions, to try and bring the the length of the stream down a little bit, be a little more taut, a little more concise. But I'll be damned if this week didn't make it a really difficult week to not just go off on a three-hour stream. No one wants that, especially not my neighbors. (laughs) So, so, um, wait a second, what's going on? There we go, there we go. So are we okay? Are we all good? Uh, where is it? Where, where did it go to? I'm looking for... Oh, there it is. Hey, everything's okay. What am I looking for? I'm looking for the W... Not the WWE. <laughs> Weekly Rex. By God. I make the stream longer than it should be. It's all my fault. The Weekly Wrestling Inspection is going to start now. I just will never learn. I'll never learn. So, okay. So we're going to start this week uh, by talking. We had a really, really big weekend of wrestling. You what, mate? Welcome to the chat. We had a really, really big weekend of wrestling, didn't we, this week, folks and ladies? It was, uh, there was there were three pay-per-views that really uh, caught my attention this this weekend. And let's let's go right to it. We're gonna start. Let's start giving out some stuff. We're gonna start by giving out some some cool beans to begin with. How about that? We're gonna give some cool beans to Pro Wrestling Eve's Wrestle Queendom three, which is their big show of the year. The big the big show where they have all their stories culminate, where they they pull out all the stops. They had it available on on fight uh, on fight TV this weekend. Was able to check it out, and I even had a post show. If you want to hear about my full thoughts in detail about the show please go right ahead and go check it out 
but maybe after the sh after the stream, <laughs> it's right there. It was a great show. It was a really really fun show. You should check out my recap. But uh, uh, in and about itself, there was uh, my uh, my early favorite match of the evening was Yuka Sakazaki versus Lana Austin. Uh, Sakazaki, of course, a lot of us are familiar with her thanks to her um, her appearances last year in AEW. She's still on the roster apparently. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we, you know, she, we are a little familiar with her and she's really good. Lana Austin, she's a strong striker, a powerhouse wrestler, great clash of styles match. That was absolutely fantastic. Lana Austin was a bit of a revelation to me. That lady can hit hard. She had some of the most severe drop kicks I had seen in a long, long time. Um, uh, another great match was for the, uh, the Eve women's championship the, well, the Eve women's championship, they only have, it's a women's promotion. Of course, we're at the Eve championship, uh, Rio Riley, uh, successfully defended her title against Laura DiMatteo in a really crazy match. And a lot of stuff was going on. Laura DiMatteo. She's so good. Both of these women are really good. I, I, uh, Laura DiMatteo is fantastic stuff. Uh, and then in the main event, we had the Medusa complex, which was, which is made up of Millie McKenzie and Charlie Evans. They won the Eve Tag Team titles against in a triple threat uh, against champions Giselle Shaw, Giselle, Giselle Shaw, and Sami Zayn uh, and the Woke Queens. It was a hell of a match. It was really, really good. Millie McKenzie is fantastic. Giselle Shaw is, uh, she's been wrestling for a long time. She's a great heel. She's in control of everything she does. Everyone was great in this match. And um, and I have it on, a, and there was even this crazy ass bump at some point, like a scary bump that uh, Sammy Jane, Sammy Jane, by the way, who is the OTT Women's Champion, she she took she took a spear from Millie McKenzie from the apron through a barbed wire table on the outside, but the stage was set so that you, you had you had like the stage arrangement and you had stairs actual stairs not a ramp but stairs to come down to ringside and the table was the table was a little maybe a little too close to the stairs regardless Jane's head just bounced off the bottom step and it was a really scary bump they took her out she had she needed to be stitched to put up photos later on it was kind of gruesome she's okay apparently but they had to change the the outcome of the 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 they had to change the match because uh, they went to a finish with her, with Sammy Jane, and uh, it wasn't the planned finish. So you had the Medusa Complex and the Woke Queens, who had to sort of improvise the rest of the match. Brilliant stuff. It was really, really good. And there was even a Session Moth-Martina uh, match versus Maki Ito, which was real good. It was your classic, in a certain sense, your classic Martina match, which had a lot, which had a lot of character work. Um, But... Ito was just as had just as much character work to uh, to propose here. It was a fun match. It was a fun show. Give it a watch if you can. It's it is still on Fight TV, or you can subscribe to their on demand service on Eve on Demand, and then you'll get two extra matches. You'll get NXT UK superstars Piper Niven and Ginny go at it, and you'll have uh, a, an, as an extra match uh, Killer Kelly versus Roxy. Um, they couldn't put these NXT UK women's matches on the card because WWE uh, doesn't want them streaming out. Uh, they don't want them streaming uh, uh, their talent 
but they can put them on on their on-demand services. So you get a couple of extra bucks for sign, uh, a couple of extra matches for signing up. That was a real good time. Speaking of another good time, NXT Takeover Blackpool this weekend, folks. Let me know what you thought about Blackpool in the chat. Go right ahead. I'm keeping the cool beans on right here because it was a really good pay per view. NXT UK has a uh, uh, has a good track record when it comes to uh, putting out good pay per views. I thought this one was their best. Um, it was solid from head to toe. Uh, we had a probably. You know, I'd say with much more confidence than that. I'll go right ahead and say it. They, we had the best NXT UK women's match so far since the brand started in 2018? 17? Uh, yeah, no, 2018. Is that it? 2000, look. Take me to task. It was the it was the best match outside of one match where Tony Storm and uh, Dakota Kai had a great singles match on a on an episode at some point. Kaylee Ray, uh, Kaylee Ray, not Kylie Ray, because I I have a tendency to mess these up. And Kristen's not in the chat yet to correct me. Kaylee Ray retained her title versus against uh, Piper Niven and Tony Storm in a triple threat match. That was really good. The main event was fine. It was fine. Uh, you know, Joe Coffey, he, he's he's good. But he's not—he's not quite there yet. Not in—not in the role they want him to be in. Walter's uh, fantastic. The—the the, the main event was, was was okay. I thought it was just a little long, but it was all right. However, the tag team match—that was a lot of fun. I thought—I uh, thought everyone put on exceptional performances. Uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans are uh, such a solid, solid tag team, and so are Mark Andrews and uh, uh, Flash Morgan Webster. Those two guys are phenomenal performers. Thought Imperium looked really good. I even thought Gallus looked good here. He had some great, great ladder spots. And I like how the match was was constructed. Everyone had some time to shine. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good time. But oh my God. Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate was phenomenal. It is an early contender. It is an early match of the year candidate. This one is already on everyone's list. It was so good. It clearly establishes the bar for uh, for five-star matches in WWE this year. This was extraordinary good. The sequences where they were straight striking each other were amazing. This was a showcase of wrestling skill. It was so, so good. The wrong man won because I really think Jordan Devlin could have used the win much more than Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate is, he's over like crazy in the UK. He is Superman. He is El Santo. He is El Santo and Hulk Hogan combined. Not not the right man who won, but still, you know. And then there was the invasion at the end where to set up the Worlds Collide stuff, Undisputed Era ran in and took out Imperium. And Adam Cole healed the crowd because he didn't do the Bebe chant. So, <laughs> but they, the audience was going crazy for them. Are you kidding me? So that was fun. That was a good time. I liked it. Good show. Then we had Hard to Kill from Impact on uh, on uh, Sunday evening. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give this one some warm soda because I didn't, I thought it was a very unequal show. I thought the first, the, the first half, right up until we got to uh, uh, um, Elgin versus Eddie Edwards, 
I thought it was a very, very average show. The X Division match was good, was really good. But, you know, Shamrock and Fulton at first did nothing to me, uh, did nothing for me, excuse me. Uh, I, you know, the RVD stuff doesn't, it doesn't connect with me, but there was all, there was, uh, you know, and even um, the, the Moose match, um, all, it's okay, but it was very, very bland. Eddie Edwards and Michael Elgin cranked that one up. One of the best matches that you'll see this weekend. It was fantastic. Surprised that Edwards got the win. I I, I hope they do something proper, good and proper with uh, with uh, Eddie Edwards moving forward. The North versus Willie Mack was also great. Um, was supposed to be a tag team match, but um, um, uh, they, but, uh, but Willie Mack had to go at it alone. Uh, because Rich Swan was injured, legitimately injured, and they did a fantastic, uh, they, they really did a fantastic handicap match. The North, man, the best thing to happen to their career was LAX leaving Impact. They have, they've grown so much and have become such a legitimate tag team. They are so, so good. On a consistent basis, I love this match. I would have liked a tag team match, but this was really, really good. And well, Sammy Callahan versus uh, Tessa Blanchard was some real, real good storytelling. Tessa Blanchard is clearly, and uh, you know, it's it's hard to argue. She's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Not female wrestlers, just all around performers. Everything she does. Is is perfect and Callahan and and she I I think I said it last week and I'll say it again. They have a feud that you can go back to at any moment. You buy into the idea that these two people hate each other, <coughs> and they have such fantastic chemistry with each other. They know what to do for for the good of the business. They really really built each other. Up to this point, and this is a this is literally impact. This is uh, impacts Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. This is one you can just pull out and go back to at any time, and people are going to be psyched for it because you got history, you've got drama to it, and everything that Tessa was doing in the ring was so good. The story of the match was Callahan working the knee because he wanted to just cut away at her, and at some point she's lifting. Callahan into a, a fireman's carry and her she has her her leg she has it shaking because she's having trouble with her knees so she her her leg is trembling it's all these little things that she does that make her so so good and she won the impact world title impact puts the has an intergender main event and puts the title for the first time their top title top singles title on a woman. And that in about itself is historic. But. But. Turns out Tessa Blanchard is an awful person. <laughs> it turns out that. I mean. And it all started very innocuously this weekend. Where she tweets out a, a supportive, uh, a little tweet, very supportive. Women should support women because when you do incredible things happen, next thing you know, you have Allison Kay recalling a story 
She calls out, well, basically she calls out her bullshit saying, recalling a story where she spit on La Rosa, who's a, uh, a wrestling legend in Japan, spits on her face and calls her the N-word. And then a whole bunch of other women, women come out to chime in on stuff that, that Tessa Blanchard did to them, to, to them. Bullying, intimidation, even Isla Dawn. And I had heard these stories before about how Isla Dawn uh, was being buried, blackballed everywhere she was going because of Tessa Blanchard. Isla Dawn had to change her gimmick name to Isla Dawn. I, I forget what it used to be because her gimmick name had a stigma attached to it. No one wanted to book her. And honestly, this could have all been fixed if Tessa had just come out and apologized, owned up to it. I'm a different person, so on and so forth. But you know, no, because what she did instead, and we got, we saw the footage after the pay-per-view went dark live. People in the audience took video of her, of her uh, post-match speech where she basically doubled down and said, nobody's perfect, but I am the greatest. I have the greatest wrestling mind I've ever known. And she, she just doubled down on the fact that she's an asshole. I mean, what are you going to do? If you're old enough, if, if, if you remember watching wrestling for a long, long time, well, you've probably heard the stories of Tully Blanchard, who was no saint. I can tell you this much from what we're hearing this weekend, what we heard this weekend, she's definitely her father's daughter. Holy crap. Moving forward for Tessa, I don't know what the next step is. Because people are saying, well, she, they should turn her heel. So what she needs to do is own up to what she wants to do. She is going to outgrow impact. You can argue that she already has outgrown impact. If you ask me, and you can ask a whole bunch of other people as well, I sincerely believe that Tessa Blanchard is a WrestleMania main event talent. She, she, she has the capacity, the talent, and the ability to do it. But there is no way WWE is touching her in these types of circumstances. AEW either. Maybe in WA. <laughs> no, that was a joke. But the idea, the, the idea that she hasn't owned up to it, hasn't apologized regarding it, and actually went a little deeper in and saying, you know what, ultimately, I don't give a shit. Well, that's a little problematic. It's a lot problematic. We can only see what happens, but I'm good. But I tell you, it's really, really disappointing that we have a wonderful, legitimately historic moment be tainted as such. It it really sucks, and it takes a, it does take away from our appreciation of the moment, and uh, and it sucks. Well, there you go. I've talked about Tessa. Um, I'm going to keep the warm soda up here because I'm uh, blanket statements. Smackdown on Friday and Smackdowns in general. I cover them with a joy and pleasure every week. And Smackdown is really is really one of, is the most inferior show of the of between Raw, between Smackdown, between a uh, Raw, NXT and AEW. It is the inferior show. 
week after week. It's a, a, such a mixed bag. And this week was no exception. And it was very, it, it was bland. Look, outside of the Otis stuff, which I really and sincerely believe that outside of the raw main event angle, this is the best story WWE is running right now. Everything is hit or miss. This week, Miz and uh, uh, John Morrison stuff, that was a hit. Mandy versus Alexa, that was a miss. The Roman, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin stuff, a consistent miss. So um, I'm just going to leave it at that for SmackDown this week. I'm not diving any deeper into it. Definitely not. So let's move on to some cool beans, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the Brock Lesnar segment from Raw which I thought was fantastic. He was, uh, he, I love first and foremost how the Kentucky crowd was so hostile to him. Hello, Kristen Ashley in the chat, by the way. I loved how uh, how the audience was really, really hostile to Brock to begin with. Um, and that was, uh, and he and Heyman played it up. Like at some point, Brock was like, no, no, we're leaving, right? We're, we're just, we're just going to go away. But he, and, and Heyman was, they were both playing into it, really leaning into it. I loved it. They threatened to leave. They even mentioned the Undertaker streak, with I, which I thought was a, an asshole move, but perfect to do. Heyman says that he has spoilers that come to life. His spoilers all come to life. But then our truth comes out. And he comes out and he said he has a brilliant comedic moment. Like only our truth can give you. He says, yeah, I saw something on TV about the Royal Rumble and I insert myself into the Royal Rumble. He says, I know you're a big, big, big man, but I'm going to throw you over the top rope. And we all think he's talking about Brock Lesnar, but no, he's talking about Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman is like, what are you talking about? And Lesnar is having a great time. Lesnar is giggling. He has is smiling from ear to ear. And Heyman's like, what are you talking about, Truth? What the hell are you talking about? I'm not in the Royal Rumble. This guy is. So our truth goes, Oh, well, I remove myself. I'm un I undeclare myself from the Royal Rumble. It was so, so good. Of course, he eats an F5 after. But the missed opportunity here, the missed opportunity that WWE did not jump on was to make Brock Lesnar 24-7 champion. Brocky two belts. We missed it. It, they just completely skipped probably the most creative thing they could have done with the 24-7 title in a long time because who in their right mind is going to try and sneak around Brock Lesnar to try and get the 24-7 title? Can you imagine then the shenanigans that could ensue week after week with Brock just walking around with both straps and then you have like R-Truth trying to angle his way into attacking Brock by surprise with the referee there, but him being just terrified to do it. And on top of that, we wouldn't have these stupid sequences where you have all the C players of the roster running around trying to catch the guy because Brock had just mowed them down. I think that would have been fantastic. What a missed opportunity for some good, good times. Now we're also going to talk about something that regular viewers here know and are way, know that I'm going to talk about in such a derogatory fashion, and that is the contract signing. I fucking hate contract signings. I think they are the worst, worst, worst thing that on any wrestling show. It's poor, creative. It's sloppy, lazy. 
reeks of uh, re reeks of unoriginality. Nothing, nothing interesting comes out of contract signings. Oh, but Becky got missed it and was so good. You didn't need the goddamn contract signing to do that. You didn't. Contract signings are dull. I understand that there's do that the you have the contract signing on TV so that the main the, so that the main event the belt defense will feel special and bigger than what it is. I understand, but it's been overdone, oh, and and driven into the ground. That when it happens, it's always the same thing. I talk on the mic. I talk on the mic. I respond. I respond. And then maybe if we're lucky, someone gets put gets put through a table. But that's pretty much it. Sure, Becky did a good job. Oscar did a good job in the context. It's still boring. It, it, who who really gets excited at a contract signing? Who is like, hot damn! I am turning into I'm tuning in to my favorite wrestling program tonight because there's paperwork involved. Come on, guys and gals, Jesus. Let's give some cool beans then <clears throat> about for the Alistair Black Buddy Murphy match. Again, a fantastic match. It was good. It was a really, really good match. I, th I think I liked their last one a little more, but this was still really good. I love how they were just going after each other again. Alistair was not holding back on his kicks. He was going in full blast. And that kick that he used to toss Murphy off the top turnbuckle was nuts. And look at how the audience was into this match. And this, this I propose unto you to everyone who keeps telling me when I talk about it online who says, we need stories, I need reasons to care. You know, we, I need to have an angle, I need to have promos. The story of, between these two guys is, let's just fight. Buddy Murphy says, I can beat you, Alistair. Alistair Black's like, I don't think so, son. And that's the story we got. So that, it was so good to get behind. There's no huge, ridiculous story, no unnecessary props. I and 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 I really like the idea that Buddy Murphy, like he's just unable to take out Alistair Black. And it does two things, because it helps Alistair tons establish himself as a badass. He won all three matches. He can be taken out. And it's a feud again that they can go back to at any given moment. You know, Buddy gains some confidence, and then at some point. Yeah, but then it helped Buddy Murphy so well, so, so well in the next main, in the main event segment that we're going to talk about right now. He, because Buddy Murphy was essentially just so distraught. He, he just slumped next to the barricade ringside and just like, I don't understand what's going on. He's, he was completely lost. He didn't know what was going on anymore. And then the main event segment arrives, or the main event match, and it was short, punchy, but delivered on every level. Storyline, action, drama, we got everything. We even got a twist. We even got a twist. It was so, so good. Kevin Owens running off the side of the, of the, uh, the Raw stage and launching himself onto everyone on the floor was, I mean, you've seen the GIF how many times at this point, folks, on Twitter. It's magnificent. <coughs> it's one of the highlights of the year already. 
Joe taking a senton off the stage through a table on one of the AOP dudes. That was amazing too. And then you have Seth who's trying to contend with Big Show in the ring. He asks Buddy Murphy, says, help me, help me. And Buddy Murphy does. And it made so much sense because Buddy Murphy is distraught. He's lost. He doesn't know what to do anymore. So what does he do? He turns to the Messiah, the, 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 the cult leader who, who goes after his, his followers at their weakest, right? At their most vulnerable, psychologically fragile moment. And he goes and he grabs him and he says, come help me. And he embraces him. He extends his arm at these arms at the end and he embraces Buddy Murphy. What a, I got shivers at that visual. I was like, my God, Seth is really perfect for this. The AOP powerbomb KO through Joe on commentary. They gang up on show. He eats a stomp. I, I, you know, the fist fight gimmick was silly. It was silly because it was essentially a thing where it's like, no DQ, no disqualifications. You have to fight till someone can't get up anymore. It's referee's discretion. And we didn't see any fist fights. They just went to the DQ stuff. So the premise was stupid. I and I was like, ah, I, I'm, I, I, this is bugging me. There's no reason why they need to fight with their fists if there's no DQ. There's no rules essentially. They, just, they can just go after each other. But the fact that they just leaned into it and it was like a free-for-all. It was like one of these chaotic ECW brawls where you had one camera watching stuff going on over here and another camera with stuff going on over, over there. At least they didn't insult my intelligence and try to make try to convince me that these guys had to swing punches at each other for it to happen. Um, I'm telling you, WWE is doing some fine-ass storytelling in this regard, in Otis's regard. I think they're doing a lot of things real, real well on Raw. They really are. I think Raw is a very interesting show to watch these days. I'm digging it. Uh, more cool beans. We're going to move out of WWE a little bit. Let's talk about our friends over at AEW. The opening match of last night's Dynamite was fantastic. But like I, like I said on our post show, hello, Slam Hub Wrestling. Welcome to the chat. Uh, as I was, as I was saying on the Wednesday Night Wars podcast last night, AEW is just consistent in its opening matches. They're going to open with a wild fun, fantastic uh, uh, match to start off the evening. And this was the case with best friends, the Young Bucks, Santana and Ortiz, and Omega and uh, Adam Page. Everyone looked good here. And this is the kind of match, this is exactly the kind of match that, um, this is exactly the kind of match that really showcases how good the Young Bucks can be when it's time to wrestle. They pull, This is the kind of match where they, they don't go heavy on the spots. They're not wrestling against another spot-heavy team like, uh, 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 like uh, the Lucha Bros. They're, they're, they're playing off of, uh, uh, off of other types of wrestlers and their offense becomes solid and grounded. And really, really good. And this is the type of match that people who don't like the young, who don't like young buck, young bucks matches because they call them spot monkeys, 
should watch because they are really, really good in these contexts. This, these, these are the moments where I really appreciate the Young Bucks, where I, where you see the depth of their talent. And then when you see them do a spot match after, you're like, well, now they're just having fun. They're just putting on a daredevil show and this is fine because I know they can wrestle on the other side as well. They can do both. It also This match also made me miss Santana and Ortiz a great, great deal. Not because they've been missing. Well, they were, they have been missing a little bit, but I've missed how good they are. And I feel like AEW is not uh, leaning into them properly. You know, they're not giving them the maximum exposure or, or um, uh, I want to say talent, but that's not it. They, they're not letting them live up to their full potential. This, they were real, real good in this match. So they're really underused. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. They're, I find that they're underused right now in AEW. And uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago when I was when we were talking about um, Hangman Page and the alcohol angle, you know, that he was getting drunk. And, I, you know, I expressed some reserve on the uh, re- regarding this angle. Right. Well, I it's looking good so far. I'm enjoying what they're doing. You know, where Paige is, he's clearly distraught. He's spiraling. The alcohol is a symptom of something. Where, and then, but then you have Kenny Omega who's right next to him, you know, looking out for him, trying to take drinks out of his hand, despite the fact that Paige goes and gets another drink. You know, we've also had skits with Private Party being worried about Paige as well. So I... I I like what they're doing here. They're not just having him take drinks and, oh, look at crazy uncle. Look at crazy uncle Adam walking around with his chaps being silly, silly man because he had too much to drink. No, there's, there's something a little more that they're trying to tell here. And I can get down and I can appreciate that. Because like I said, the wrestling business is a business that has wrestled, haha, with, uh, with addiction, alcoholism, throughout all of its very uh, all of its history and we've lost a lot of wrestlers because of addiction because of alcohol abuse there's a lot of guys who's had had their short their 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 not only had their careers shortened in a lot of cases but we've also just uh, some of them have been lost to us who died in very very unfortunate circumstances so i if if they're doing it this way i'm i'm feeling good about it i think it's being portrayed well, especially if it brings this into a an Adam Page redemption story, which I think would be a fantastic payoff. Uh, some more cool beans. More cool beans. Let's keep giving all the cool beans, shaking the beans all around. John Moxley, man. John Moxley, he he's one of the cornerstones of AEW. He is legitimately one of the reasons to watch. I like the angle that he did last night. I liked his match with Sammy Guevara, but here's the thing that I realized yesterday. He's 2-0. He was 2-0. Wrestle Kingdom weekend. He's been, he's been having a phenomenal run in AEW, and he's in, uh, he's been announced for Josh Barnett's Bloodsport event in April. John Moxley does not need a wrestling promotion, and I am very, very, Very thrilled for him. He does not need one promotion. He just needs himself. And you let him go do 
what he wants to do and he will excel at it. And that, that is ultimately going to be his greatest accomplishment. It's not being the first guy from WWE going to AEW. It's going to be a guy who left WWE and made himself into a self-made wrestler. A, a, a guy who you could definitely argue has become a draw. And I'm cool with that because I like it and I like him. <laughs> the um, Women's Battle Royal on NXT last night? Man, let's think about this for a second. It was a battle royal to determine the number one contender for the for the for the uh, for the NXT Women's Title. In this match, you had Shayna Baszler, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, Mercedes Martinez, Deanna Perazzo, Tegan Knox, Io Shirai, Shotzi Blackheart, Santana Garrett, among others. God damn, that roster is deep. Do you realize? Did you hear the names? I just spouted off. It's crazy how deep it is. And Chelsea Green wasn't in the match. Dakota Kai wasn't in the match. And that's not even counting who they have over at NXT UK. Bloody hell, people. It's just, it boggles my mind. Seeing, just seeing all these names, these incredible wrestlers. Their division is ridiculously deep. There's talk that Io Shirai is heading up for one of the main brands. And you won't feel a thing in NXT. Not that you won't be missed, but they'll they'll survive. They'll be fine. They'll be fine without her. Because there's so many good, viciously good women. Mercedes got her uh, got a full entrance yesterday. Great reaction from the crowd. And was, was had a great showing in the in the in the rumble as well. Had her confrontation with with uh, 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 Shayna, which dated back to the first May Young Classic. It was a callback, is what I'm trying to say. She had a really good showing. Was one of the last women in there. And Shotzi Blackheart tossed Shayna Baszler over the top rope. So. You tell me, and no, we're not quite, they weren't quite sure how to use Shotzi or, or, or Mercedes. Nah, 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 nah. They know, they know what kind of special talent they have on their hands with those two women right there. Wow. Wow. This was a fun battle royal. It was really well made, really well produced. It's a, it's a good time. And I'm also going to give some honorary cool beans to the broser weights. Because that was a hell of a match against uh, against Mandrews and um, and and Webster. Oh, that's good, good stuff. So there we go. That was the uh, the, the weekly wrestling inspection. Hey, if you're still watching us live here right now, I want to say thank you. When if you're what you've just arrived in the chat, welcome again. Uh, very lively tonight as well. I'm having a good time. If you if you want me to read a question, if you want me to read a statement, you just drop a super chat right here in the chat, and that's fantastic stuff. And I'll read it. I will. Or you can give the video a thumbs up. That that's a fantastic way to help the show right there. It doesn't cost you a dime unless you unless you 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 pay money every time you click your mouse. 
And I'm like, what kind of suck deal do you have with your mouse? Who pays for every click on a mouse? It's ridiculous. Just reading in the chat that Kristen Ashley, uh, Kristen Ashley just said that uh, Tessa read a statement a few uh, minutes ago. Uh, said uh, she made out a statement a few minutes ago. Kristen says you can try to deny and dodge Tessa, but you just look more guilty. Who doesn't read that and say, "Oh, she's definitely racist." Well, I'm going to have to check that. Maybe I'll talk about it on the post stream. You can join me on the post stream if you want. You just have to become a $5 patron of the uh, Mr. Warren Hayes show at patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I want to say thank you to Tim Traver for the super chat. Tim's not feeling good, but he wants to bless me. Bless you, Tim. Take care of yourself, man. Be, be good to yourself. So this week, what was that? This week, <laughs> this weekend, um... I had assembled a, a, a panel of, of good friends of mine, fellow podcasters and great wrestling minds to talk about uh, hopes and wishes for 2020. And I know a lot of you tuned in and technical difficulties were about were uh, 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 were um, uh, everywhere. It was just incessant. It was horrible is what it was, guys. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, and, um, it, it basically, it, it murdered the stream and I was unable to get a proper recording of the, uh, of the show either, which really, really uh, broke my heart because I had, uh, JPQ from big pause uh, from big pause on a book, JPQ from the no particular angle podcast. I had Kristen, uh, with us as well. And I had Joe Anthony Myrick from daily DDT, uh, people that I, that, that I really, really love. I love talking about wrestling. But we had also, and when I say we, I say mostly, mostly Kristen. She had reached out to a whole bunch of uh, wrestling personalities, either from the community, other uh, content uh, content creators, and even some wrestlers, to uh, for them to send us pre-recorded hopes and wishes for 2020. So no one got to see them, but I am going to, I, mean, I am going to show them tonight to you all. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make good. On our promise, despite the fact that, you know, it didn't work out on Sunday, we're going to get, we're going to take a minute to watch all of them right here. So essentially, as I said, um, we have uh, people from the wrestling community, content creators, and we even have a wrestler here who are going to share with us their hopes and dreams for 2020, because I think it's important to start off a new year with a fresh set of eyes. And some uh, some hopes and some dreams. So we're going to start with, um, let me pull them up here. We're going to start with uh, wrestling uh, uh, Twitter commentator and uh, wrestling uh, community personality, Darnell Mitchell, for, also known as Dianalicious on Twitter. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he was kind enough to send his 2020 hopes and dreams. Let's give it a listen. Hey guys, it's the Fabulous Fashionista of New York City, Darnell Mitchell, and I was asked for uh, my wishes for 2020 in professional wrestling. Uh, my wishes for every single year in professional wrestling will never change. Uh, more queer people, more black people, more people of color, and more women. Uh, we actually have to actively make a decision to hire these people. Uh, we have to actively make a decision to disturb the status quo. Uh, and I think that makes wrestling better overall. Uh, 
It, uh, my friend actually said this, and I thought it was really, really good. Uh, WrestleMania shouldn't be the end of the year for the biggest talent. WrestleMania should be the start of the year of people that you need to be watching. Uh, and I think that us, especially the Uncanny Attractions, uh, try to make that conscious effort to make sure that our uh, roster shows the diversity that you see every single day in America and in the world. Uh, wrestling, we can do better. Wrestling, we're going to do better every single year. Cheers. And that was our, our good pal Darnell. Uh, and very much on brand for him, but he's also very right. I think, you know, diversity is good for everyone it, and it, uh, representation, proper representation is also good for everyone. Uh, check out his, his stuff and his, their, his own prom promotion as well. Uh, he's a great guy and I thank him so much. And just seeing, just seeing from the top here up, you know, the, his, you know, his suit, we didn't even see his whole suit. And I, I, I immediately feel completely underdressed. Just sitting here in my Dr. Pepper t-shirt and he's classing the place up and we're just seeing the upper part of his body. So thank you, Darnell, for that. Moving on, we've got a familiar face hanging out here. One, Seanworth Sap. Let's listen what uh, SRS has to say. Sap, oh, what are my wishes for the 2020 wrestling year? What do I want to see? Well, one of the things that I, I wanted to see the most in 2019 was continuity. And I think we got that towards the end of 2019. Now what I would like to see is, is more stakes added to things. I would like to see things matter a little bit more than I'm watching on a weekly basis. We watch hours and hours and hours of wrestling content, but it's hard to decipher how much of it actually matters. I want these companies to add more stakes. If records are supposed to matter, don't 50-50 everybody. And if they don't matter, don't 50-50 everybody. <laughs> I want to see things that matter in wrestling because I want to care about the wrestling. There you go, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. Thank you, Sean, for that. Uh, yeah, these are all things. You, you, you know I'm in agreement as well. Continuity is so important in wrestling. Um, and... Uh, let me know, uh, Chad, by the way, why don't you go ahead and start telling us here what your hopes and wishes for 2020 are as well. we got all these people here talking, but I'd like to hear from you guys as well. Um, we also have uh, some audio here, so you're going to get to watch my beautiful face from uh, M and Harley from the Grid and Glitter podcast over on uh, the P uh, PW Torch. It's their uh, women's wrestling podcast. Uh, Kristen and I were on it recently. Fantastic people. And they as well agreed to give us their hopes and wishes. Let's give it a listen. Hi, this is Harley. And this is Emily. From Grit and Glitter, the Pro Wrestling Torch podcast dedicated to the best in women's wrestling. Emily, it's a new year. You have any big hopes and wishes for 2020 and the world of wrestling? Yeah, and specifically for women's wrestling, I guess I'm really hoping for a continued integration of women and men's divisions, especially in the indies. And with that in mind, I'd also really love to see more independence. And I'm not even talking like the bigger ones, but definitely your like locals, your 200, 300 audience member type indies really highlight their developing women's talent more and focus on bringing more women into that so that when we reach the end of this year, we are talking about all of the amazing women who've had a big breakout 2020 and are primed for even bigger things in the coming year. Oh, I'm right there with you. I want to see more main events. I want to see the continued rise of diversity across promotions. And hey, if I never hear the phrase women's division ever again, I'll be a happy guy. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Emily and Harley. 
Very, very kind of them. Go check them out. They do a fantastic uh, women's wrestling podcast over on the Torch, PW uh, Torch. Check them out. Very, very good people. We're very happy to be on the show. So go check them out. And I mean, how can you not echo those sentiments? Those were wonderful. Blaine in the chat says, my wish for 2020 in wrestling is Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. Slam Hub Wrestling says, wish for New Japan, New Japan to get a big US TV deal. And uh, DJ Kirkby, Mags, good to see you. What are you doing up so late? He says, my wish for 2020 is that we not only get an AEW New Japan relationship, but we also get an invasion angle for this generation between the two. And hopefully it's better handled if we do. Um, next, we're going to move on to uh, community stalwart Jesse Davin, uh, who sent in some uh, some video here. Jesse apologizes for the very poor quality of the audio, but bear with her. It's worth it. Hi, my name is Jesse Davin. I'm a part of the internet wrestling community on Twitter. And for 2020, I just really want people to be more respectful and more kind to one another and just respect each other's opinions. <laughs> I just hope we get more variety in wrestling. I mean, there's so much wrestling content out there and I can't wait to see what 2020 brings, especially within the internet wrestling community. Thank you very much, Jesse. She is such a wonderful, positive pre uh, presence on Twitter. And uh, we are all blessed to have her. And thank you for taking the time to do it. Um, and why not wish for more diversity? Why not wish for more kindness amongst ourselves? That's, of course. And I mean, it just that's, that's just common sense. It doesn't just apply in wrestling. It's for everything. Thank you, Jesse. Keep us, keep us honest. What does we got here? Benoit in the chat says, my wish for 2020 is for WWE to make sense more often. Carlos says, EO versus Asuka 2020. Robert Larry says, my wish is that the WWE emphasizes the entire women's division as a whole rather than uh, the same old women every Monday and Friday nights. And uh, Patrick says, my wish for 2020 is for more people to get built up into upper card stars. People like Drew, Ali, and so on. I also want the mid-card titles, like the IC and US titles, to get defended more often on pay-per-views and get used better. Yeah. Let's pull up another familiar face uh, for myself. and Look at this face. How can you not love this face? It's Alex Pulowski from Fightful and Fightful Select from Sour Graps. How sour is Alex going to be? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. We did ask him to be positive. Alex Pulowski, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Sour Graps portion of the evening. Uh, my name is Alex Pulowski. I am the host of Sour Graps on FIFO Select, where everything sucks. I review Raw and SmackDown every week. Uh, both shows suck, and I get to talk about how much they suck why they suck and how the sucking might be ameliorated so it doesn't suck as much anymore um but i don't want it to suck i want to be out of a job i i want to be able to talk about good things on mondays and fridays so the first thing we need my hope and wish for 2020 is that the XFL takes off and is just gangbusters. Everybody loves it. Uh, and uh, they want to expand it and become a, a much bigger global thing. So uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon has to 
step back from WWE so he can take all the credit for his little minor league football deal. And then he won't be doing stuff on for WWE anymore. And then, and I, then uh, as a, as a result, uh, it'll get better. So that that's what I I wish for. Oh, other things too, you know, let the revival go to AEW without incident. Don't tack on six weeks for injury time because they got athletes foot once. Um, you know, give Keith Lee all the titles. AEW, please figure out what the hell's going on with your women's division. And um, you know. Also, I'd love it if a non-wrestler didn't main event WrestleMania. That would be nice for me, just personally. But uh, but yeah, everything all revolves around uh, Vince leaving immediately. <laughs> Happy 2020, everybody. Enjoy the decade. Oh, that's as positive as Alex is going to get. Uh, thank you very much. Wait a second. No, no, no. Don't pull up my show notes. Thank you very much, Alex Pulowski. What a great guy. Um, next, I told you we had a wrestler. Well, we have. We have indie star, former Lucha Underground star as well. All around great wrestler, Ivelisse, who's joined us and uh, sent us a little something. And I can't be happier. Let's listen to Ivelisse's hopes and wishes for 2020. Sup, sup, here Ivelisse La Sicaria, and I guess my hopes and dreams for this year, 2020, is what my dreams uh, have always been, um, that politics cease to exist. Um, it is what it is, but uh, my hopes and dreams still remain. Hard work over everything. Thank you so much, Ivelisse. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Especially after uh, the whole Tessa Blanchard thing, you really want the politics thing to to die down. Hard work should should be paid off here. It really, really should. We got Jason PS3 who's in the chat. He says, My wish, welcome, by the way. He says, My wish for 2020 is to have uh, a WWE all women show. And he's not just talking about a pay-per-view, he's talking about a weekly program. Um, and Benoit says, I wish that Fightful gets their YouTube channel back. Well, you know who else kind of wants that? I'm, I might be spoiling it a bit. Uh, our, our, our friends at Going In Raw, Stephen Larson, they were also very, very kind enough to send their hopes and wishes for, uh, for 2020 as well. Uh, I'm very appreciative that they took the time to do it. Um, let's just pull them up here. There we go. Stephen Larson from Going In Raw, folks. Let's give it a listen. And Larson. So we've been asked to provide our hopes and wishes yeah. for the new year, for 2020 yeah. in professional wrestling. Larson, what's... Number one. Number one. I want Fightful to get their YouTube channel back. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be great. What the hell? YouTube is a mess. And Got that right. Them cats over there at Fightful. Terrific people. They should get awesome their YouTube people. channel absolutely, back. Absolutely. Absolutely. It breaks my head every time Sean Ross Sapp posts a, uh, posts a little thing about that. An update such as they are. I know. What the heck, dude? I know. That's probably his number one hope, wish and hope, too. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, next, hope and wish. You know what makes me laugh? What? Uh, is, is when wrestling journalists go at each other. 
I hope and wish we get more of that. No, it, we want peace. No, nah, man, it makes me laugh because it's so dumb. <laughs> and it's always, and nobody ever goes over that. It's just so dumb, but it's oddly entertaining. <laughs> I don't know why. All right. All right. Now, seriously, seriously. Uh, I, one of my hopes is that uh, AEW and NXT both start hitting like over a million. Like yeah, a million great. viewers is like their floor. And then NXT, they start building up their young demographic. Yeah. Because right now they don't have that. No. They have a lot of old people yes. watching the show. Like us. And they, Exactly. And they need like younger people watching yes, the show. not like us. Not like us. The yeah. opposite of us. I'll tell you one hope I have. Okay. Kick down that forbidden door. Yeah, man. AEW let's, and let's, New Japan. Let's see AEW work with New Japan. Let's see AEW work with Stardom. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, let's see all those companies start working together. And, and really generate some more excitement in the wrestling business. I know, you know, AEW's been around, what, three months or so, uh, roughly, and we kind of see what the product is. There's still a good amount of buzz and goodwill that exists in the wrestling community towards them. You want to kick that up a notch? You really want to take a WWE partnership with New Japan, man. Uh, one of my hopes and wishes is that Vince McMahon steps down from creative but doesn't die. Like, I don't wish death on anybody, but I do get the idea that the only way he'll stop being in control of creative is if he dies. I don't want him to die. So maybe something else happens to him that is not tragic, but keeps him from like, what if they say, hey, you have a condition where we have to take a little piece of your brain out. And then that like he all the crazy leaves. <laughs> he like t- they take the crazy out of his brain. And what is he going to do with himself? Is Just enjoy like the beach. I don't think that's in Vince's system. Even right, but that's because of the brain part. Maybe take a little bit of that out. Take it's, a little bit out. I don't think that's going to happen. And then he'll just sit at the beach in a rocking chair. So he won't be lobotomized, essentially. That's the technical term for it. Yeah, that's the technical term oh for it. Sure. Oh, my gosh. You know, is it weird that I'm hoping that? Yes. Yes. I just don't want him to be in, in charge of creative anymore. What, you don't want Tyson Fury to have a match at WrestleMania? No, I don't. <laughs> Ideally, he'd be lobotomized sometime between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another hope or wish, Larson. Um, my, I'm on fire with these. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, one of them was the AEW NXT thing doing well, like a million. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, forbidden door, knock it down. Yeah, that's good. I want whatever whatever is keeping. Oh, I want to see Tessa Blanchard win that Impact title. That's coming like, up this weekend. This, that, might, that might have already, that might have already happened. So maybe hopefully Tessa Blanchard has one that impact. I might watch Hard to Kill. I might buy that. Off I think fight. that'd be huge. Heck yeah, dude! That'd I'll be incredible. That. I want to see that happen. I want to see that too. And I want to. I want to have a, 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 a long title reign. I want her to carry that company on her back. Yeah, I cool. think that'd be great. That'd be good. I want to see. My hope and wish is to see Simon Miller get into Retro Mania mm-hmm. because I want to see the H champion be there. And he's a good, good dude. I want to see he's good things happen dude. to good people. You see Sammy Callahan talking shit about him on Twitter? He's like, nobody wants to see this entitled YouTube. Well, they have a match for Mania Weekend. He's yeah. How cool is that? I'm sure Callahan likes, has like 60 matches Mania Weekend. Probably. I just like that he's on Twitter, you know, building it up. Yeah, man. That's good. Simon Miller's probably going to. So is that, that going to make Sammy Callahan be the lineal H title champion? No, because he's not going to win. The title's not on the line. But isn't doesn't lineal mean like it does like just a dude beats a guy who's a title holder, but it doesn't necessarily. I was kind of confused what lineal meant if it was that or he wasn't undisputed, like he only had one of the belts. Oh, I thought lineal meant like you're the champion, I beat you, but it's not for the title, so that makes me the champion or something like no, that. No, actually, uh, 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 
What does that mean? We shouldn't be doing that here. This is probably not the venue to be looking up. <laughs> I understand, but, but I mean, you brought it up, so we need to clarify this. What is a, just, it's, it's a question's right there. What well, is a lineal champion boxing? All right, hold on, hold on. Lineal champion professional boxing known as the man who beat the man is that not notional title intend to clarify the modern hodgepodge of sanctioning bodies and alphabet titles. It's from Sports Illustrated. Boxing only with a lineal champion defeating the previous. What? So a lineal champion is like a. Where's the lineal start? Anyway, it's all very confusing. So there you go. There are hopes and wishes for wrestling in the year 2020. Yeah. Uh, also, no. Here's my last one. I hope they do not release. Actually, that's not true. Deep down, I really want them to release WWE 2K21, but I want it to be even more broken than 2020. I think I'm learning that in my old age, I just want to see the world burn. I want to see a lobotomized Vince. Oh my gosh. Wrestling journalists at each other's throats. My goodness. Bad video games. That's really what I want. Can you imagine if Vince got lobotomized, what kind of views we'd get on that news brief? It's huge. Vince lobotomized. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Hopefully that worked for you. Thank you very much. Or yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it worked great. Thank you, Stephen Larson. And you know, of course, thank you for taking the time to show to try to figure out what a lineal championship meant. Uh, those guys are great. Thank you again for 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 uh, for sending your stuff over, guys. And be sure to check them out uh, on YouTube.com uh, slash uh, going in raw. You can follow them on Twitter at well, uh, as well. And both Steve and Larson have their own accounts as well. Go follow them. They're fantastic guys. But you probably know them already because they're big time. Um, Ed Del Gazara. Del Gazra, excuse me. Del Garza. I'll get it right. Thank you for joining. Says yes to the XFL succeeding less Vince is better. Ben Bevington says for 2020, I would like for AEW to get a mid-card title. I've heard that go around before. And uh, do I have someone from Eve in the chat? I do. How you doing? Uh, I, I'm. It's probably either it's Dan or Emily. Can't quite say. With but uh, they say with how the world is right now, a burning world is kind of inevitable, inevitable and already happening. Of course, speaking on, uh, speaking on Steve's comments about uh, about wanting the world to burn in his old age. So those were our guests. Our happy, happy guests giving us their hopes and wishes for 2020. Thank you all for 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 sending them in. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Just before we wrap up, I did. Hi, Dan. Just before we wrap up, I want to. Uh, I just want to po- uh, talk about really, really quickly on Marty Skrull because it has been a bit of a uh, of a subject here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show for uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, you know. It's, since him, since his contract was up in Ring of Honor, and I spoke on that, and him joining NWA, and how interesting, and now he's kind of done something that not a lot of people were expecting, and he he's sticking with Ring of Honor. Plus, he's been made head booker. I has it been confirmed? Because I've read reports that he's still that he's sharing duties. He's not the head booker. He is a booker. He's sharing duties. But then I've also heard that it is confirmed that he's look the important thing is that he's not going anywhere and he's sticking around Ring of Honor. Clearly he has some wiggle room because then he can he can pop into NWA as well and do stuff there and that's great for him. Maybe he'll be able to do other dates. And last night I was on the Heels and Pops and Chair Shots 
podcast. I went in for a quick, uh, a, a quick I crashed in really, really fast immediately after I was done with, with Fightful. Fantastic dudes. I had a great time. Didn't stay very long, but the time I was there, we talked about a lot of stuff. And we, we talked about Marty Skrull, and, and, and they asked me, they said, you know, what, <clears throat> what do you think about the Marty Skrull stuff? And, you know, I'm happy for Marty, but that's a, it's a boring thing to say. So instead, what I answered was, you know, I'm kind of happy because it's making a lot of AEW fans miserable. And the guys were like, well, that's kind of mean, but it's not. No, it's not mean. It's not something where I want AEW fans to be miserable. I don't want anyone to be miserable when it comes to uh, when it, uh, it, it's not something that I want people to be mad about. I don't want them to be angry. I want them to be uh, I want them to be happy, but I also want them to learn a lesson here. I want them to stop constructing narratives online. Regarding wrestlers such as Marty Skrull, where the minute that his contract was up with Ring of Honor, everyone was like, "Oh, he's going back to he's going back to uh, to joining his friends and AEW. His best friends are all there, so he's gonna head over there." And y'all will remember if uh, that show when I was talking about it, I I don't see Marty Skrull ho hopping into AEW. I'm not sure what what they'd have him do really because they have lots of stacked they have a stacked talent roster and they barely can get everyone out. Uh, you know, uh, a month on their two hour a week show, they're doing their best. But what do you do with Marty and who do you sacrifice then if you bring Marty in at this point? Because, you know, Marty isn't going to sit around and just, you know, wait for his turn. He's going to want something to happen. So there was that aspect. And it was like, maybe he should go elsewhere. And uh, I didn't think he was going to stick with Ring of Honor, to be perfectly honest. I'm not going to try and sit here and say, yeah, I predicted it. No, I was, like, I was sure he was out of there. So it's all the more surprising to me. But I didn't get into these conspiracy theories. But now there are. And hang on a second. And, and I'm going to take these off. And it's going to be a little weird because I can't hear myself. But th there's been more conspiracy theories that have happened now that Marty Skrull now that Marty Skrull has ha, has decided to go to Ring of Honor, now people are constructing another narrative. Now it's not... So everyone is doing one of these now, right? They got their little hats on now. And now Marty Skrull... got their little tinfoil hats. And now Marty Skrull is the bridge builder. He's going to be creating... Uh, he's going to be creating bridges between Ring of Honor, NWA, New Japan... AEW because he can he can work just about everywhere, right? So now all the conspiracy, now the narrative has changed again. Now the narrative is something else. We've we've transferred from from Marty going to AEW to now Marty being the great uh, the great emancipator of wrestling, who's going to bring all these promotions together. And people are, you're just setting yourselves up for disappointment. You're just setting yourselves up for another round of sadness. <clears throat> because right now, clearly, NWA and Ring of Honor are continuing their working relationship. We don't know what's going to happen to New Japan moving forward. And I think we're only going to see after, we're only going to see whatever, if there is a working relationship to continue there with Ring of Honor, we're only going to see what's going to happen between Ring of Honor and New Japan. We're going to see what happens after uh, their tour, uh, the, the, the New Beginning in America tour. We're going to see how that happens. But this here, I beg of you, 
Stop with these things. Stop being stop being tinfoil hat conspiracists. And start stop creating these narratives where you work yourselves into these positions and then you get disappointed like Liv Morgan. Although you were assisted by a very underhanded Twitter user. Uh, like Liv Morgan, suddenly everyone thinks that she's going to be joining the uh, uh, that she's going to be joining the Firefly Funhouse, and when that doesn't happen, everyone goes like, oh, "Boo WWE!" But that's not WWE's fault. It was your fault. And it's the same thing with Marty. Marty is out to look out. He's looking out for Marty. He's doing the best, smartest stuff that he could do right now, and he's building himself up. He's creating a. Uh, um, uh, 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 a mystique for himself before heading out and doing something else. He's not a, he's not an idiot. He knows what he has to do here. AEW wasn't a good fit right now. Am I saying that he's never going to go? Hell no. He'll probably end up there eventually. Just not now. Just not now. And I especially don't think he's going to be the man who's going to rally the big indies in, uh, under one banner to go against WWE that that friends that friends is not something that's going to happen well, there we go so hey hey we did we just had a show and i'm not yeah, i did pretty good on time tonight uh, just a little a little over than what i expected but uh and, and Blaine in the chat since for 2020, more Warren rants for 2020. Hey, if there's one thing you can guarantee, I can guarantee, I can guarantee for you, Blaine, and everyone watching, Warren Hayes rants 2020. Let's br let's kick it up a notch. Let's bring it a more more rants, longer rants. That's what I'm promising you in 2020, folks. Um, oh, and there, look, here, here's the thing. Here's Dan from, and we're going to close up on this. Here's Dan from uh, Pro Wrestling Even. He says this, I've known Marty for more than over 12 years, never been scared to gamble on himself. Nick Aldis is the best, is his best mate, and he's no different. Those two will work on a bigger vision together. There you go. Thank you. I, Dan, you need to come by more often because you have insight that I only wish I could have, but I have the charm. So there we go, folks. And like Aaron J's fan, this was a fun podcast, you guys. Thank you, everyone, for, for, for joining me. If you haven't done already, think about giving the video a thumbs up. If you're a patron member, head on over to patreon.com, patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. In a few minutes, I'm going to be starting the post stream for patrons only. Going to be talking about the NWA. Going to be talking about Cain Velasquez as well. That'll be a good time. Two of my, uh, or at least one of those two is my one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to uh, to having you over there. Otherwise, I will be back uh, on uh, Sean's channel tomorrow evening for the SmackDown post show. And otherwise, we'll see each other again here uh, next week, next Thursday. But whenever you do decide to come and uh, join me again, I'll tell you this. I'll see you next time.